who had the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. Nicolaitans. Remember, the Greek root word is Nikau. Now, in the book of Revelation 2.15, it said that the church at Pergamon, they overcame the, the Nicolaitans. Who were the Nicolaitans? In the negative way, these people, they had overcome the church members. They had set up a class among them, they called they said the clergy. And then the people, the pure, the lazy. Nicolaita means that the, the clergy, they overcame the, the, the membership of the church. And that's negative. It's a negative way of, of uh, using that word, Nikau. Nevertheless, there are positive ways you can use that word, Nikau. We are overcomers. Nicodemus, for example, we know him very well. It means victorious among his people, Nicodemus. And Nicholas means victorious over the people. If your name is Nicholas, you are an overcomer indeed. Amen. Praise the Lord. The seven churches of prophecy, like we know in the book of Revelation, they have seven things to overcome. So we are going to review what the challenges were, what they were to overcome, and what God promised them. And what God promised each of those church, churches, he promises to us too as well today. Amen. Just have that in mind. So we start with the first church age, the first church at Ephesus. Revelation chapter 2, verse 7. He that had an ear, let him hear what the Spirit said unto the churches. Here is the promise. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Amen. So the first church, God gave them a promise that if they overcame, he that overcometh, it's not everybody who overcomes, but he who overcomes will do what? To him. Will I give to eat of the tree of life? The tree of life is symbolical of eternal life. The book of Revelation written in uh, symbols. A lot of it is in symbols. In fact, what we're going to talk about today, many of the words are in symbols. By the grace of God, we'll get to understand what these symbols mean. So, the tree of life. We partake of the tree of life. Right now, we have eternal life because we are believing in Jesus. But we know it's like a probation because between now and the end of the journey, some have the tendency to fall away, but that's not your portion in Jesus' name. All those who overcome, they will not fall away in the name of Jesus. But it's good to know that there's the other side. If you don't overcome, it means you'll be defeated. It means Satan will overcome some people, but that's not our portion in the name of Jesus. Each time you overcome a temptation, you are taking a bite of the tree of life. No, we're talking symbols. The tree of life is eternal life. And Jesus Christ himself is eternal life. If you have Jesus, you have eternal life. So each time you overcome a temptation, you are taking a bite at the tree of life. Every time you do God's will as against your own will, 
what you are doing, you are laying hold of eternal life. Amen? In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, we are told, Lay hold of the eternal life to which you were called. Yes, we have eternal life in Christ Jesus. Lay hold. Keep on holding on. Don't give up. No matter the pressure, no matter the temptation, no matter the tribulations. The Ephesian church had to overcome the spirit of lethargy. It's like, you know, complacency and lack of zeal. Because once upon a time, when the church newly started, it had a lot of zeal for the Lord, for the things of God. But something happened, they have weighed down in their love for God, and that is why God told them that they should go back to their first love. So as I speak about the church, the Ephesian church there, if you yourself, you have come down, you have become complacent. But once upon a time where you knew the Lord, you were on fire for God. You were doing those things that you knew that God desired. And now you are not doing them anymore. Talking about prayer life, fasting life, talking about your study life and all that. Talking about witnessing, find that you have grown cold. You need to go back to your first love. Amen. Then the promise to the second church, the church of Smyrna. That's Revelation 2:11. There is a promise to those that overcome there also. Verse 11. He that had an ear, let him hear what the Spirit said unto the churches. Not just one church, the churches. And you are part of the church. Amen. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Amen. That's the promise to those who over, overcome there. You too, if you overcome, you will, not, you will not be hurt by the second death. There is the first death and there is the second death. The first death is physical death. The second death is spiritual death, where you are caught completely away from God with no hope of coming back to God. And that's the lake of fire, a point of no return. That's not your portion, and that's not my portion in the name of Jesus. Amen. So in Revelation 21, verse 8, we we'll see that specifically. Let's read it. Revelation 21, verse 8. Verse 8 says, But the fearful, the unbelieving, and the abominable, and murderers, and warmongers, are sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. To those who overcome, they will not partake of the second death in Jesus' name. These are promises, and we need to claim them because we need to be overcomers. To the church of Pergamos, Revelation 2, verse 17. This is what God says to them concerning overcoming. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and we give him a white stone, and the stone a new name, reading, which no man knows, saving he that hath received it. 
This again is another promise to overcome us. You personalize it. The Lord will give you the hidden manna. And by the way, what's the manna? We know about the manna in the Old Testament when the Israelites, they were on their journey to the promised land. For 40 years, God fed them with manna from on high. Amen. Yes. But I want to tell you that that manna is with us today. Jesus Christ is the manna. That is the one that he is the one that gives us life and it's his word that feeds us spiritually. So, and I will give to him of the hidden manna. And will give him a white stone and in the stone a new name, reading, which no man knows, saving he that had received it. The hidden manna is symbolic of Jesus Christ, like we said. In John chapter 6, 48 to 40 to 51, we are told that just as the manner of Exodus sustained the Israelites throughout their journey to the promised land, that's how the that's how the manner that God has given us now will sustain us until we see Jesus. Amen. Jesus will strengthen us and sustain us as we feed on His Word, because the Word of God is God. Amen. Amen. Yes. Why is it hidden? Because it is revealed only to those who know the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is the manna from heaven, the spiritual sustainers we need. It is hidden because it is given exclusively to believers in Christ Jesus. Only believers will reap the benefits of salvation. It's not unbelievers. These promises are to us. The white stone connotes innocence. In Bible days, that's the time when this book was written. The custom was that if anybody went to a law court, you were accused of one crime or the other, and at the end, the judge gives his verdict. If it's in your favor, they will give you a white stone. That symbolizes victory. You are innocent of this crime. You are claimed. That's the head, that's, that's the stone. That is stone that God will give us is to declare that you have overcome. Throughout your life, you have overcome. Therefore, he gives us that stone. And on the stone is written a new name that I don't know of today. You don't know about it. But then we shall know. Amen. And by the way, the new name that we are going to be giving will be a reflection of what we have overcome in this world. What you are overcoming and the challenges you are overcoming, God is taking note of it. And that will determine the new name God will give you that will be written on the stone. Amen. The next promise we have to the overcomer is in Revelation chapter 2, 26 to 28. That's to the church at Thyatira. He that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end. To him will I give power over the nation, and I will give him the morning star. You see all these symbols? We need to know them. It's not when we get to heaven that we understand the book of Revelation. So, by God's grace, you're getting to know some of this symbolic meaning now of these words. We keep, either keep it, God's word unto the end. You see, unto the end, not halfway. 
If you keep on, if you are loving Jesus now, keep on loving him. Don't look back. Don't turn to the right, nor to the left. And you have this promise fulfilled in your life in Jesus' name. Subduing and ruling over sin in your life is first step to ruling over the nations, because that's the promise there. We give the power to rule over the nation. If we are to rule over the nation, we must first rule over our flesh. We must first overcome the flesh, the natural man with all his appetites and desires. So that's one of the ways God is preparing us and training us so that eventually we rule over the nations. We are going to rule over the nations. We are even going to judge angels. So God is preparing us. The rod of iron symbolizing rulership. And uh, in Revelation 12, verse 5, we are told, go to subdue the nation and rule the nation with the rod of iron. Amen. So you are going to reign. I'm going to reign with Christ. So we need to prepare. And the first stage of the training is for us to subdue our natural, fleshly, sinful desires. That's the words of the flesh. When you overcome darkness in your life and overcome sin, the morning star rises up in your heart. Because there's the promise of the morning star. What's the morning star? In Revelation, Proverbs 4, verse 18, says the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. Also in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19, it says, We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, as unto light that shines in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arises in your heart. In other words, the morning star is Jesus. Everything is about Jesus. Jesus is eternal life. Jesus is the morning star. Jesus is the day star. Amen. The church at Tatira had a challenge over overcoming the spirit of Jezebel in their age and time. The spirits of Jezebel. Jezebel religion. This was a kind of religion that adulterated the pure word of God. And in the place of the pure word of God, they substituted mass doctrine. And that is Jezebel religion. It was an adulteration of the true gospel. That is why we have counterfeit today. Counterfeit religion. In the name of Christianity, there are so many counterfeits. But... The true word of God is what identified the true church of God at this time. They dealt with the heretical teachings of their time. So God gave them that promise. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. This is to the church as Sadis. Revelation chapter 3, verse 5. Say, He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. I will confess his name before my father and before angels. Amen. That's a promise that God will not blot out your name from the book of life if you overcome. So it's conditional. If you overcome, God will not blot out your name from the book of life. Though there are some people who believe that, oh, once your name is there, no, it's guaranteed. It has to be there forever. That's what some Christians assume. But from my own understanding, it's not so. It's possible to fall away from this road. It's, for, it's possible to fall away. And that is why we need to hold on to the end. 
He that endures to the end, the saved shall be saved. Fight on the battle, brethren. We have not come to rest. So, and the Lord will give us victory. Is it possible that one's name be removed from the book of life? Yes. God, that's why that promise is there. If you, if you overcome, your name will not be blotted out. But if you allow yourself to be overcome by the devil or by the flesh, name will be blotted out. I'll give you examples of names that have been blotted out because they did not hold on to the end. Now we know about uh, the journey of the Israelites through the wilderness to the promised land is in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 1 to 12. We are not reading everything there. But that passage is given to us, we Christians today, as a warning. Because we assume we have signs and wonders and born again and filled with the Holy Ghost. But those people, they also had some kind of experience. They, they, they saw the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud by day and pillar of fire by night. They experienced that. I don't believe even we have experienced that physically. Uh-huh. Maybe some people have. But they experienced all that throughout their journey. In other words, the pillar of fire and pillar of cloud was guiding them. Just like today we are being guided by the Holy Spirit. Amen? So they had that kind of spiritual experience. And then they had manna come from heaven when they were hungry. And they fed on that manna and it was a balanced diet. And they were not sickly at all. They were not weak either. Neither did their shoe wear out. That was supernatural divine intervention. So they experienced the supernatural, the miraculous. It was to them that God showed his mighty hand by dividing the Red Sea and they crossed to the promised land as on dry ground. Have we experienced such miracles of recent? So these were wonderful, miraculous divine intervention. Nevertheless, if you read that passage yourself, God was not pleased with all of them. Because yet under the cloud, under the anointing, some fell into the sin of fornication and all that kind of sin, even idolatry. So God was not pleased with them. And that's why many of them perish. Of the old generation, only Joshua and Caleb, you know, survived it because they have faith in God. They had another spirit. And they, with the new generation, they made it to the promised land. Many fell by the wayside. So please, on your own, read 1 Corinthians chapter 10. It's a warning to end time believers like us who think that, oh, we enjoy so much of God's grace and they won't save, always save. That's what people think. But it's not so. Is Judas in heaven? Judas is carried. It's not in heaven. It's obvious. It's obvious. He denied it. I mean, not just denied it. He betrayed the master. He sold the master. In fact, we're talking about uh, serving Mamo and God. You see? He said to for the sake of money, money, monetary gain, he sold his master. He loved money more than his master. That's Judah Iscariot. But some people will say, oh, he repented. Well, he returned the money, but God did not accept that repentance. It was not from the heart. And how do we know that God did not accept? 
If God had accepted, he would have gone with joy and said, oh, I'm forgiving, I'm forgiving. He wouldn't have gone to commit suicide. Committing suicide is a sin of itself. You didn't create yourself, you don't take your life for any reason. He committed suicide. And his place was replaced. Now, where's such person's name will be blotted out from the book of life. But remember, it's the time of Jesus when he was ministering with disciples. They performed signs and wonders. The dead were raised. Judas Iscariot was dead. He was not just an observer. He was among those who went. And God sent them to go and preach. And they came and they testified signs and wonders. But Jesus said, don't just rejoice because of the signs and wonders you saw. But rejoice indeed that your name is written in the book of life. Amen. Amen. Unfortunately, Judas Iscariot missed it. He missed out. His name is not there. Demas, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10, fell away. You can read it on your own. Time will not permit. Demas was an associate of Apostle Paul. But because of love of this world, he backed out. He did not endure to the end. His name certainly will be removed. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 16, we are told about Hermenius and Philetus. These two fell away from the faith. We are told about Alexander the Coppersmith. The cover, uh, coppersmith. He fell away also. Ananias and Sapphira, are you going to meet them in heaven? Something that he will meet Ananias and Sapphira in heaven. Something so. That's why he kept quiet. Yeah. But you see, so these are people who fell away. They fell away the wayside and they did not endure to the end. And in Matthew chapter 7, verse 22 to 23, Jesus said, There are some people who will come to him the last day. Say, I've done this in your name. I've cast out devils. You know, I've raised the dead. And Jesus said, I do not know you. Away. You walk out of iniquity. I do not know you. Imagine. Mean that such people, their name will not be again in the book of life. That's the meaning. That's the implication. Preachers can fall away. That's why in 1 Corinthians, we are going to read this one. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27. Let's read it. Uh, we'll learn something from there. If preachers can fall away. What about members? 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27. But this, but I keep under my body, physical body, flesh, and bring it into subjection. That's Apostle Paul talking. Lest by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a cast away. Is that not a caution enough for every believer? For Apostle Paul, with all that he did for the Lord, he was conscious of the fact that he has to fight the battle and win the race. Say so he was cautious about that. So he kept his body under. How do you keep your body under? By prayer, by fasting. Bring it under subjection to the, to the Spirit of God. Because we are told any human being, a Christian, you have the flesh and the spirit. They are warring against the other. If you read Galatians chapter 5, 
If you are spiritual, it means that you are overcoming the flesh. And it should be a continuous victory anyway. Amen. Amen. Yes. But if you allow the flesh to have upper hand in your life, you become carnal. You become carnal. And from being carnal, one can backslide. There's something like backsliding. That is why we need to hold on to God's unchanging hand. We shouldn't take things for granted. The doctrine, once saved, always saved, is in error. People, they are Christian who believe that. And that is why they, take, they do things anyhow. It doesn't really matter because grace covered what I did in time past, has covered me now, and is covering any sin I will, I will commit in the future. They have that understanding, that, you know, that kind of uh, mindset. And that is why they do things anyhow. And then people begin to say, is this a Christian? Is she a Christian? Because the way she talks, the way she behaves, the way she lives, it doesn't show. So some people, they cause reproach to the name of Christ. We shall not reproach the name of Christ in Jesus' name. Yes, temptation will always come our way and God has given us guaranteed victory. If we rely on him, if he abide in me and my word abide in you, these are conditional statements. If you abide in me and my word abide in you, then shall ask whatever things you ask and it shall be done. The Father. So there is need for continuous abiding in the name of Jesus. So the confidence we have is that God knows our tomorrow. He knows everything. He knows your strength. He knows your weaknesses. He will not allow any temptation that is greater than you to come your way. That's the good news. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Amen. Yes. Read it yourself. He will not allow any temptation that is too great for you to bear, to come your way. Just have that confidence. If you are passing through any challenge right now, right now, even right now, just know that you are more than able. God did not make mistakes. Otherwise, he'll be, uh, he'll be backing out against his word. He said he will not allow any temptation that is too great for you to overcome. So don't your mouth say, oh no, Lord, this one is too great for me. It's not too great for you. Have confidence in your maker. You know that you can overcome. Praise the Lord. And overcoming is very important for us to reign victoriously in heaven. We have to overcome the challenges of the time. We have to overcome sin and darkness. We have to overcome many things. We'll talk about those ones later. What we need to overcome in the present circumstances. Beside that first Corinthians 10 13, God has given us another wonderful promise in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. Again, I want you to read it on your own. I'm giving us some assignments. Please do read it. That scripture says that God not only gives you instruction to follow or commandment to, to obey, but He gives you the grace, He gives you the Holy Spirit. To enable you overcome. Amen. Amen. You discover it yourself. I don't want to read it. You read it yourself. It's a wonderful promise. That Holy Ghost helps us. We are not in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, under the law, you know, there were laws and commandments to obey. But the power to overcome was not there. But now in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is given to us. For it is God which walketh in you. Both to will 
to desire and to do of his good pleasure. So a deep understanding of that will tell you that the Holy Spirit helps us. He's our helper. Amen. Thank God for that wonderful privilege. He helps us to overcome. The sadistic church had to overcome the spirit of hypocrisy and spiritual slumber. So we too should overcome. To the church at Philadelphia in Revelation chapter 3 verse 12. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. Again, the word pillar there. Pillar is symbolic of strength, stability, and permanence. So, uh, it's sort of a pillar, yes. It's a pillar, and that's another pillar, and that's another pillar. What they do, they give stability to this building. They give strength that come what may. No little shaking will just uh, remove them. You know, pillars ensure that the stability of the structure spiritually speaking when god says he will make you a pillar in the temple of god it means that he make you stable he will strengthen you so that you be permanent you will not be overcome by the forces of darkness amen. amen that's when you overcome we know that even in heaven there's not going to be a physical temple therefore symbolically it talks about our dwelling in God's presence permanently without ups and downs. Even in our Christian life, and some of our experience, ups and downs. Then it will be permanent. There's no up and down. Amen. Praise the Lord. We shall no more go in and out. That's causing interruptions. No, in the presence of God. No ups and downs in our communion with God. God's new name shall be upon us even as now we bear the marks of Christ. Because in that promise again, we are told that God will write upon us his new name. You yourself, you are going to have a new name. So I don't know. Nobody can say what that new name is until we get there. But talk about name. Name identifies a person. Right now, I am John and you are who you are because that's the name that you are known by. Well, today we have the mass of Christ upon our bodies. Do you believe that? Yes. The mass of Christ. Spiritually, we have the mass of Christ upon us. It's a sign of ownership. In the time of slavery, you know, when they bought slaves, even today it still happens. Like our friend in Pakistan, he sends us story about slaves there. And Christians have to work to go and redeem them physically. Pay money, redeem them and have their own liberty again. And it happens in many places anyway. Nevertheless, there was a time where there was so much slavery. And every slave owner will have a mark of ownership. That's my own. They put a mark like a tattoo. No, that's, that's my own. 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 So we have the marks of Christ. Galatians chapter 6 verse 17. Simply affirming that we belong to Jesus. It's a sign of Jesus' ownership over our lives. I think you know that we don't own ourselves. The Bible says, don't you know that you were bought with the price and that you don't own yourself? Get to you know that I don't own myself. Jesus owns me. Amen. The church of Philadelphia. Also, yes, yeah, that the church, that the promise. 
He that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of God. And then with the other benefit. The church of Philadelphia had brotherly kindness. Ensure that no one takes your crown. It is one of the promises there. Or one of the counsel to that church. Ensure that no one takes your crown. So somebody can taste one's crown. That's what it means. There are principalities and powers who want to take what belongs to us. It should not happen in Jesus' name. Eventually, it's only you that can permit that crown to be taken. But I'm admonishing brothers and sisters that do not allow anybody, any man to take your crown. Amen. Amen. Have a determination to succeed. Have a determination and we make it to the end. John, like Daniel, proposing his heart. He had that firm determination. You know, say, I will make it. I will make it. I will not stumble. Amen. The Lord is mine and I am his. Therefore have I set my face like a flint. And I know I will not be put to shame. Isaiah chapter 50 verse 7. Amen. Then in Hebrews chapter 12. 1, 2, 2. We also told that look, Jesus Christ, for the sake of the prize that was ahead, for the sake of those who will be won over to the kingdom, he endured the cross. Similarly, when you are facing life challenges today, don't look forward to the reward because we are talking about reward, that God is going to reward us. Look forward to the end, you know, so that you can have the courage to overcome presently. To the last church, Laodicea, to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I am also, I also overcame and sat down with my father in his throne. Spiritually, even right now, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Amen? But then, it shall not be up and down anymore. We shall be with him permanently, and we shall reign with him. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, you find that. In the millennium, we are going to reign with Christ. Amen? Amen. In the new heavens and the new earth, we are going to reign with Christ. So there's job ahead for us, and God is preparing us right now. But first, have to overcome the works of the flesh, so that in turn, we'll be able to overcome and rule over nations. We are in this age. In this age, we are to overcome moral decadence. That's prevalent in the society. A gross immorality. Because we are in the end of time and demons have been released to the world to cause a lot of pollutions, sexual pollutions, no, whatever kind of evil you can think of that is happening and because of demonic activities. But we are to overcome them. We are to overcome the spirit of lukewarmness, which is the spirit of the Laodicea. If you are lukewarm, you have to we know you, you are not as where you ought to be in Christ Jesus. Therefore, like the first church age, the admonition to you is go back to your first love. Amen. Amen. Be on fire for God again. And so once upon a time, I was very hot. I was very zealous for the Lord. But now, nah, what has happened? Allow. Come back to the Lord. Amen. Past overcomers in the Bible, we know. Enoch overcame in his time. And that man was translated. He pleased God. Noah is time. It was not popular to be righteous. But he decided to be righteous with his family. And for his sake, you know, seven others were, were saved from the flood. Noah pleased God. Because he feared God. He believed in living right. 
That's what Noah did in his time. But majority did not. Majority were dwelling in sin. There was so much sin in the world that God wanted to destroy the whole world. But Noah found grace in sight of God. You have found grace in sight of God at this time. Joseph found grace in sight of God. No, no, all that he endured, even while he was in Potiphar's house, while he was in prison and all that, he knew that God promised him something. I saw myself reigning, reigning over these people. So I don't care what you do to me right now, but I know where I'm going. I'm focused. Remain focused in Jesus' name. Amen. Nehemiah was an overcomer his time. Anna was an overcomer. Daniel and the tribal children, they were overcomer. And God expects us to be overcomers at this time. We have a lot to overcome in this present age. Philippians chapter 2, verse 15, talks about this crooked and perverse generation. We need to overcome all the ease of the society today. Amen. Amen. Yes. God is preparing us to be overcomers indeed. First of all, overcome the flesh. Read Galatians 5, 19 to 21. The words of the flesh. You need to overcome them. You need to overcome the, the evil system of this world. The lust of the flesh, the pride of life, you know, the lust of the eyes that are in the world. You need to overcome false doctrines and false teachings at this time, this end time. In the name of unity, some people, they have gang up with witches and wizards now and falling churches to say we are one. And they, are, they want to form one world religion. Is that the unity Christ asks us to pray for or desire? That's not. We should know. Each time we are praying for unity, always have that in mind. There is the false unity of the Antichrist system. And there is the true unity in spirit of children of God. United on the basis of the word of God and doctrine. Amen. Not when you deviate from it. Let us all come together. You know, God wants us united. Revelation, I mean, John chapter 17, verse 17. Don't be deceived. This is one of the things you need to overcome at this time. Many people have been deceived already. So you need to overcome. Amen? Amen. Yes. Overcome negative peer pressures, whether you are a youth or an adult. You need to overcome always. Because there are people who always tell you the other side. This is how we do it. This is how it is done. But our fashion, our character should not be fashioned after the way of this world. Quest for power and influence from the occult world. Make people to go into occultism. Occultism, that's secret society. They want power. They want supernatural experience, but they don't want to go God's way. That's why, you know, they are just they are just inquisitive. I want to know, I want to know, I want to know. So be careful in your quest for knowledge and power that you don't go into the wrong camp. There are wrong counts in the occultic world. You don't go near them. Cultism and all that. Praise the Lord. In John chapter 16, verse 33, we are told that in this world you shall have tribulations. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Tribulation here is not the equivalent of the great tribulation. The great tribulation is for a, a period of about three and a half years, and that's after the rapture. Praise the Lord. Amen. We're not talking about that period, that time period. So the tribulation that every Christian suffers is the trials and temptations and challenges of everyday life. God wants you to overcome. Amen. Amen. When you overcome, you become stronger. In James chapter 1, 2 to 3, we are told, 
Say, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Diverse testings. The word there comes from a Greek word paresmos. That temptation there. When you fall into diverse temptation. Count it all joy. Be happy. I, normally we're not supposed to be happy because I'm falling into a temptation. You know, an inducement to do evil. No. But the real word there means testings. Trial. And God tested Abraham. He can try you today too. Amen. Yes, when you fall into diverse tests, no, don't be despondent. Rather rejoice because at the end of it all, you are coming out glorious in Jesus' name. Amen. Now there was the story, a short story of a man who saw a butterfly in the cocoon. Cocoon is the chrysalis form in the metamorphosis of a butterfly. Four stages. Have the egg, you have the lava, you have the chrysalis, then the beautiful butterfly. Within a, a, a month period, this thing, or the whole circle is, for, is uh, completed. Now, a farmer saw, he saw a butterfly trying, you know, that cocoon, that chrysalis, struggling, struggling to come out, struggling to come out. Oh, he had pity on the butterfly. Oh, he just struggling. Oh, no, small little creature, no power. Therefore, he took a knife from his pocket and just tried to slit the chrysalis so that it would be easier for the butterfly to come out. The butterfly actually came out but could not fly. And butterflies are meant to fly. Amen? Amen. Why? Because the wings were not strengthened. It is in overcoming the chrysalis of that structure, that, that structure, that Kukundi, that it in. It's in overcoming that one that they gain strength to form strong wings. But since this man interrupted it by doing good, unquote, could not fly. What a shame. What a great disappointment. He thought he was helping the butterfly. So trials and testing, they help to make us strong in the Lord. Amen? Hard times make us strong. Believe it. Even the ego, the modern ego, in training the little ones, you know, try to let down the eagles. But strategically, goes under in case anything happens to keep them up. And in that process, the ego, the, ego, the modern ego, is training the little ones how to endure, you know, storm and everything, and how to fly. So these are training for us, training ground for us when we have all these pressures. Say, why does God even allow temptation? I'm telling you the reason why now. It's to make you strong. It's not to make you cave in. Amen. In Romans 8, 35 to 39, there's a list of things that can make people to become, not to become overcomers, in other words. But as for us, let us make up our mind. We are going to round up with that. Romans 8, 35. Let's go there. And we'll see the thing that normally should make people to back out. Or to backslide, but to all, it should not make us backslide. Rather, we grow strong in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, in 35, verse 35, Romans chapter 8, verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, tribulation, which we have just talked about now, distress, no hardship, persecution. Yes, some of our brethren are facing persecution at this time, or famine, lack, nakedness, or peril, or sword, warfare. Some are in, in places where you have war and all, they, they have to overcome lack and many things. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. 
For I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Amen. Make up your mind that you are going to overcome all truth. And the grace of God is sufficient for you. What shall separate me from the love of God? What shall separate me from the love of God? What shall separate me from the love of God? Nothing separates me from the love of God. Is it trial? Oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. Tribulation. Oh no, oh no, oh no, no. Persecution. Oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. Nothing separates me from the love of God. Heavenly Father, I pray, O oh God, those who are watching me, and our brethren here, O oh Lord, that none of them will fall by the wayside in Jesus' name. Their name shall not be taken out of the book of life. All those promises of overcomers we shall inherit, we shall get them in the name of Jesus. Give us grace, O oh Lord. Thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit you have given us to help us to triumph and to be more than conquerors because it's just a walkover. Jesus, you overcame for us and we have overcome. Thank you, Lord, for the grace to overcome in Jesus' name. Are you listening to me or are you here and you have not given your life to Jesus? Please just bow down your head and say, Lord, I am a sinner. Have mercy upon me. I believe you died for me. I believe you were buried for me. I believe you rose again for my justification. And I believe you are coming back again for me. Pray that prayer sincerely. It shall work for you in the name of Jesus. Father, no matter the challenges my brothers and sisters are facing, is it her problem, her challenge, Father, they are overcomers in the name of Jesus. They are more than conquerors. I declare healing for them all in the name of Jesus. Those who are discouraged, receive encouragement now in the name of Jesus. It is well with you. It's well with your household. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. God bless your house. Hallelujah. Shall we have our feet as we give to the Lord again? Shall we have our feet, please?